This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome and hello. Uh, This is Reimagine Law, the podcast series that we've created not just to give a real insight into the breadth of careers within the legal sector from people who work within it, but also how to land a career in this sector and the programs that exist to further support that outcome. So today we're actually going to focus on one of those programs and we've got two fabulous contributors from Pay.UK and from DLA Piper. So I'm just going to ask those two individuals just to introduce themselves in a moment and then we're going to kind of get into the questions and, and start hearing from them as they are fantastic contributors. So Hannah, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Tell me a bit about the Future Leaders Programme that DLA Piper ran, what was involved, and why does DLA Piper run programmes like this? Of course. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah Little. I am the Social Impact Manager at the law firm DLA Piper. Um, My role is responsible for leading our social mobility vision at the firm, and I also look after our international charity partnership with the UN Refugee Agency. Um, Part of my work is also working on our community impact programmes and helping communicate the work that we are doing in society with our clients. So the Future Leaders programme that we'll talk about today was an initiative created um, by a DLA uh, Piper partner, Vincent Keaveney, during his term as the Lord Mayor of the City of London. Um, I'm sure many people will remember that in 2021, there was still a lot of disruption in schools um, and in society as a whole because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the Future Leaders programme brought together young professionals from across the UK, both DLA Piper trainees, some of our Head Start scholars, and also fantastic young leaders like Sophie, um, to make a difference to the social mobility agenda but also enable the group to build their networks, to increase their confidence um, and develop a deep understanding of how businesses work. So the group of future leaders were tasked with working together to create an education campaign or an outreach programme that would support young people affected by the COVID pandemic. Um, And they created a one day in-person skills event that ran in four locations across the UK, Leeds, Manchester, Birmingham, London, Um, And it covered sessions on resilience, delivering an elevator pitch, networking, and also some employability skills too. Programs like this are really important to DLA Piper because we've had a really long commitment to promoting opportunity in the legal sector. We recognise that very often there are lots of very talented and bright young people across the UK and the world who would be really fantastic leaders and lawyers, but through circumstances beyond their control, they're not given the opportunity to explore that path. And for us to be a successful law firm and to continue to be a successful law firm, we need to be attracting the best and the brightest lawyers. And those lawyers are diverse and they're from a range of different backgrounds and they reflect the communities that we work in. So by having a diverse workforce, we can have a sustainable workforce um, and also one that is productive and profitable um, and one that our clients trust. Um, So we run a number of initiatives to expand and create opportunities, including our Head Start programme. But it's something that we're really passionate about and we've worked in for a long time. Wonderful. Hannah, thank you very much. Sophie, tell us a bit about you and what was your role on the programme? So I started my career in the financial services industry at the age of 19 at RBS. I then moved to Faster Payments, which has evolved into the company Pay.UK. 
So I was a young leader on the project representing Pay.UK from a financial services industry perspective. The group of young leaders was composed of young leaders from the financial services industry and the legal sector, um, which the Lord Mayor of London was sponsoring that year. So within my group of the programme, um, my group was focused on the setup and the organisation of the sessions, which we were going to deliver for the students. So this involved planning the day, the type of content, which included interview skills and um, soft skills and what they are looking for in their careers. Amazing. Thank you, Sophie. Yeah, and I know um, I actually got to work with the Lord Mayor during his mayoralty, and uh, he's very, very definitely committed to the whole social mobility space and and and, and what can be uh, uh, what can be done there. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's been a big focus for him. Okay. Well, thank you both. So, as part of the program, as both of you have talked about, those taken part taking part were given insights into how to differentiate themselves when they're job hunting, you know, through those lovely interview stages that we have to go through when we apply for jobs. So let's start sharing some of those um, insights. So the first one is one of those really tough interview questions is actually what I asked of you just a moment ago. So if you just tell me a bit about yourself. Um, so how do you best answer uh, that? So Sophie, from your perspective, what makes a good answer um to tell me about yourself i would say a good answer is where a candidate will list all their skills and qualities which describe their personality and using examples to bring this to life i think it's important for candidates to make sure that they make the most of this question because it's going to ensure they highlight their achievements to date yeah so it really is that opportunity to say what you want to make sure you want to say about you. So take advantage of it, I guess, is is, is what you're saying there, Sophie. So thank you. And Hannah, from your point of view, um, who will be on the, will be the one asking those kinds of questions, what do you look for in, a good, in good answers to that question? I would echo what, what Sophie has said, to be honest. And I think at the point at which you're being interviewed, hopefully the recruiter has already seen your CV or they've read your application or your cover letter. Um, so they think that you've got the required skills to do the role or the required experience. Um, I always really like it when someone delivers their answers with authenticity and really can bring themselves to life from that CV and that piece of paper. Um, so as Sophie said, you know, have a real think about the skills that you have and how those relate to the opportunities um, or the experiences um, that you've had before and then how that relates to the job that you're applying for. So is the role looking for someone who's organised? What experience do you have that shows that organisation if you've not had a job before and your experiences from being at school or being at college or perhaps being in a football team or a netball team, can you use one of those examples? Did you lead an event at your school that saw you manage 10 people who delivered a project and then did that event sell more tickets than it ever had before? Or did the people that you manage enjoy coming to school more and then their attendance was raised because of their involvement? So tell the interviewer that you've got the skills to do the job but then give them that practical example of where you've shown that skill before yeah i think that's such a good point is relate the skills you talk about to the skills that are needed for the job to show there's a fit and then bring them to life where you've actually put them into practice 
um, uh, in a meaningful, impactful way that the interviewer will be able to relate to and understand. So, yeah, I can absolutely see um, uh, how that would work uh, uh, really well. Um, Hannah, thank you both. Hannah, I'm going to turn to you now specifically for this question. So we know another really tough question um, is, why do you want to work in the legal sector? <laughs> so, Hannah, what makes a poor response to that question? But also, what makes a good response? It's a it's a big question to ask. Um, and I did some preparation ahead of this podcast, which I think is a reflection of the advice that I would give for any interview. Do your research and do your preparation before you join it. Um, so I would like to thank my brilliant colleague, Ruhi, and our early careers team, um, who I spoke to about this answer. And Ruhi has interviewed thousands of people during her years of experience in early careers. Um, so she gave me some really excellent top tips to share. So I'll start with what makes a good response. And I think there's a good method to this. And if you think about it as addressing three key areas. So what are the skills that you possess? So we talked about that in the um, previous question. Have a think about the skills that are needed to be a lawyer. Good communication skills, good research skills, being diligent, being able to work as part of a team. It might actually be that you don't have every one of these skills yet. For example, if you're still studying law, you might not have your law degree yet. And that's OK. Early careers recruiters know this when they're talking to you. Um, but talk about the skills that you have that are relevant and show a willingness to learn or to grow skills that you don't have already. The second one I would say is values. This is where you can really lean into the why of the question. So why law? We're all driven by our lived experiences, by what motivates us, by what excites us. So, so think about what your why is. Is it that you've had a lived experience with the law? Perhaps you've been involved in a case before, or you've perhaps read about one in the news or in your studies that is really chimed with you or you've closely followed or been inspired by. And then third one is have a think about the difference. So what difference do you think you would make being in the legal sector? Is it that you're particularly interested in a certain area of the law? Is it that you have a background that you think brings a different or new perspective to being a lawyer? Is it that you can combine the skills that you've mentioned with the values that you have to make change? So I think these three things really require you to have a think and introspect on why you're interested in law. Um, and I think also too, it's it's fine to say that you're interested in law, but that you're that you also have skills and a skill set that is relevant to other industries like finance or engineering or other professions. When you're at the really early stage in your career, you're really barely scratching the surface of what will be probably a 40, 45 long career up to the age of 65 or whatever the pension age is now. Um, so don't be afraid to share that you're interested in seeing how your skills and values apply in different settings, because an interview is as much about the employer interviewing you um, as it as it is you interviewing them. So I think in terms of a, a bad response, I would say anything that hasn't had much thought gone into it, I think you have to be prepared for interviews. I think sometimes people can drive themselves a little bit insane being too prepared. And I think, again, that goes back to what I said before about authenticity. Don't try and create something to be memorable for sort of memorable sake. Just be your authentic self. And, you know, if you are rejected, it's not right for you and that's absolutely okay. I think there'll always be, you have to learn from these opportunities and these situations. Um, and I think, you know, rejection is all part of growing and finding the right path for you. 
Fantastic, Hannah, thank you. Yeah, loads of really, really great insights there. So um, uh, thank you. And it, you've segued us really nicely into our next question, which is about preparing for the interview and what kinds of things you need to do in that preparation to really help you stand out. So Sophie, I'm going to turn to you for this one, because obviously you talked about this program that, that you were really uh, 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 involved in. So I was really keen to, to hear from you. What insights did you get from the individuals who took part in the Future Leaders program, uh, you know, when you ran the sessions that you did, what were some of the things that they shared that you thought, yeah, those are really good things to help you prepare? So I find the students were extremely driven by the advice that they had received or researched. And the standout for me was the volunteering opportunities. So a high number of the students, if not all of them, were participating in extracurricular volunteering opportunities. These were in their local communities and this was as well as them studying full time. Um, this was adding experience um, to their CVs. So the students um, were very motivated by this aspect in particular. Um, the students were also quite keen to know about the other routes um, to get into the financial services industry and the legal sector rather than university. So this was asking about apprenticeships and the various law programs within certain law firms. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Sophie. It's that kind of um, curiosity, right, which in itself is a really important skill, right? Uh, um, but, but I think that's uh, uh, that's great. Um and, and Hannah, you've touched on this a little bit. Any more you want to add on good examples, you've specific examples you might have seen where it was clear someone's prepared for the interview? Hmm. I always enjoy hearing when someone has researched the organisation that they are applying for and weaving that into their answer. So, for example, if the law firm that they're applying for has a specialist environmental law section, and they might want to talk about that and say, you know, I recently saw that you worked with this famous institute or university. And as a young, inspiring lawyer, that really motivates me to work for a firm that values the environment because I am a future lawyer and will be working in the, the future world. Um, so I think that comes back again to what I was saying about authenticity. Um, have a look about the organisation that you're applying for. You know, there's got to be a reason why, say, for example, it's DLA Piper. Why DLA Piper interests you the most what is it about DLA Piper is it the, the lawyers that work there is it some of the cases that they've worked on is it some of the clients that they've worked with um so just scratching the surface a little bit more um and getting to know but I would say yeah uh, in terms of things that have made candidates stand out perhaps for the bad reasons I have heard of people uh singing before in interviews which perhaps makes them memorable but I think it's always uh it's always about the the information underneath so um don't don't be remembered for the wrong reasons i'd say so it comes back to that preparedness thing again i'm not quite sure yeah how i'd react someone who burst into song anyway uh, uh useful to know that's not a good thing to do when we're trying to differentiate and stand out so differentiate in an appropriate way i guess is the message right now, hannah i'm just going to stay with you um for this next question we know that linkedin is a really powerful tool and it's more and more heavily being used. How can it be used to support job hunting? What are the different ways individuals could use LinkedIn um, to support their job hunting? Of course. So 
For those that aren't familiar with LinkedIn, it's essentially a social networking site aimed at professionals across all industries who want to connect with colleagues or perhaps those with similar job roles or interests or sector knowledge or those starting out in their careers as well. So when you first join LinkedIn, it's, it can be quite hard to know how to get the most out of it. And I'd say it's definitely a platform that you understand better and can use to your advantage the further through your career you get. So don't be put off by it when you immediately start using it. It has a very basic feed, much kind of like Instagram or TikTok, of posts from your connections or from companies that you'll follow or that um, influencers that might generally be posting about their industry. There's also job updates on there, uh, sector questions and news articles. So LinkedIn is set up in that you have a profile which acts as a sort of digital CV. So you can put a photo of yourself on there. I would suggest a professional one. If you can, you can always get a friend or family member to snap one of you in the garden. But I wouldn't suggest perhaps, you know, one of you in your football kit or something like that. Um, and you can sort of use this digital CV to include information about your work history. Or as Sophie said, if you're volunteering um, or if you're doing any other extracurricular activities, then you can put those on yet. If you've not had your first job, then it, then it's absolutely fine. Just, you know, put on what you're doing already. So as a student using it for job hunting, I would make sure that my profile was up to date. So if you've done any uh, internships, if you've done any work experience, put those on there. Um, if you have done any volunteering, put that on there too. Um, I think there's sometimes the option to put what different languages you speak as well. So that's really interesting to have. Anything that you put on your paper CV, apart from, of course, you know, your home address, um, you can put that on your LinkedIn profile. And then follow up with some of the companies that you're interested in working in. So this will help you gain a better commercial awareness of some of the clients that they might be working with or, or issues or sectors that they're dealing in. Um, they also might be advertising webinars or online events that everyone are welcome to join and listen in on. Um, so they'd be really interesting for you to gain an insight into some of the sectors. So um, I'm sure there'll be, there's lots from DLA Piper, I know that for sure. Um, it's also a really great way of um, keeping up to date on sector news. So for example, if you're interested in becoming a lawyer, you might want to follow law related websites. If you're interested in working in finance or banking, Maybe you want to follow the Economist page um, or different news outposts. But I guess LinkedIn at its heart is a networking site. So you can use it to connect to other students you might have met at work experience or networking events. Um, and so that's a great way for you to stay in touch with people the further through your career you get. And those networks are really helpful then when it comes to looking for a job. There is a jobs tab as well on LinkedIn that works a little bit like Indeed. Um, so you can search by where you live, you can search for um, job titles you might be interested in, um, but it's just a great, it's a great way to sort of uh, find more opportunities. And I'd say whilst it's not the most, you know, exciting social media feed in comparison to some of the other ones that we might use for leisure, um, it is great for just gaining a better understanding of um, the industry you might like to work in. Yeah, that's really great advice, Hannah, both in terms of expectation management with LinkedIn when you use it, but also how to get the best out of it. And I think one of the other things I great thing about LinkedIn is is you can put more on LinkedIn than you can on your CV, for example, because CVs are typically two pages, um, are typically, um, and that can feel a bit limiting. And, and individuals can make the mistake of just trying to make their font smaller to get it to all squish in. Not great. Um, but, you know, LinkedIn really is the opportunity to bring more stuff to life. And I've seen individuals then put their LinkedIn link onto their CV 
so that that additional information can, can be sourced if, if wanted. But loads of really great advice there, Anna. Thank you very much. Okay, we're moving to our penultimate question uh, now. So, uh, the elevator pitch is often is something that uh, a number of may have heard before, tried to do something with before. Uh, um, and so, and I know it's something that came up in the uh, Future Leaders Programme. So, Sophie, can you tell us both what the elevator pitch is and how can it best be used? So an elevator pitch is a way of introducing yourself, getting across your key points and essentially making that connection with someone the elevator pitch is called this great name because that's roughly the amount of time that you would take spending with someone in an elevator. Um, so this is your moment um, to stand out. Um, again, what Hannah has said for all the good reasons. So you have to think carefully, be specific, but also leave a lasting impression. That is such a good summary be specific and leave a lasting positive impression, uh, I think is, uh, uh, yeah, really great um, advice. And it forces you to really be succinct and on point um, because we know people's concentration span is not long. So uh, doing that is hugely um, important. Um, and then uh, how can you come up with one that enables you to, to, to stand out? So, Hannah, what might be some things you could do when thinking about creating your elevator pitch to help you stand out? So Hannah first and then Sophie uh, after that. Hannah. I would have to think about who your audience is and what you think they might want to hear. So what do you want their key takeaway to be? Is it that you are a law student and you're really interested in finding out about a training contract or is it that you're at college or sixth form or doing your further studies and you're really interested about hearing about an apprenticeship in the finance sector have a think about who your audience is and what you might want to get from them and then sort of start big and whittle it down from there uh, Sophie you made a really good point that it's shortened to the point and I think it's much easier to do that when you have a think and write down everything that you want to say on a page first and then condense it down than trying to start with just a couple of bullet points um, I'd also say I haven't watched some Dragon's Den videos for some inspiration. They are the the I don't know the the founding elevator pitch, and uh, so just watch some of them. And whilst the content of them is not necessarily relevant for you as a student looking for a job, just have a think about how they structure it, what their main messages are, what's their call to action at the end. More often than not, it's that they want investment in their business, but yours is probably you know investment in yourself. Um, so have a have a watch of some of those and get some inspiration. Brilliant, Hannah. Thank you. Yeah, that advice about watching Dragons Den for some shocking elevator pitches that are hugely long and horrible, and, and really great short punchy ones where you immediately get what they're saying and and you kind of buy into it. So I think that's uh, great advice. Plus, think about your audience. Who you're talking to? You know, make it appropriate to that audience. Sophie, what other gems have you got to share? I would agree with Hannah, definitely work out what you want from that person. Are you looking for an opportunity? Are you looking for a new role? Are you looking to build a connection? That is what is going to drive how you put your elevator pitched into action. Um, I also think having confidence, um, speaking with passion will 
make you stand out if you're in a crowded elevator um so yes that's I would have to agree as well on Hannah's points about preparation that is so important you can be very prepared but you need to be prepared to extract or add pieces into your pitch just in the moment yeah fantastic I think it's a really great point you've made is it's important to be clear what's the outcome you want you know so is it have a more detailed conversation with them to talk in more detail about you know to understand better is it you know to find out if they've got job or what is it that you want as an outcome so that brilliant expression begin with the end in mind what is it you want to get out of it and then shape your elevator pitch accordingly and of course don't feel you can only use it in an elevator you can use it any way you like it is it's making it short and succinct so final final question um uh um hannah and sophie and hannah i'm going to come to you first if there was one piece of advice that you could give a job hunter, and it might be something you shared already that you just want to reiterate, it might be something different, what would be the one piece of advice that you give? We always like to ask this question at the end of the Reimagine Law podcast. So what's your one gem of advice that you'd like to share, Anna? I have been speaking to a lot of senior leaders and partners at the firm recently who are from non-traditional law backgrounds and who always say that they wish they could have been themselves and they wouldn't have to change their accent or not talk about where they went on holiday or where they didn't go on holiday and so and they feel that the the culture in law firms is changing now and that they see that there's an opportunity for young lawyers coming through to really be their authentic selves so my advice would be be your authentic self and take every opportunity that you can I think that's really lovely. And, and again, just come back to, we've mentioned him before, but Vincent Kievner, he's a massive advocate of that, of yeah. that authenticity and, and just be yourself. Don't be proud of who you are. Don't try and hide who you are. Be proud of who you are, I think is a, is a great one. And, and Sophie, what about you? So my one piece of advice for job hunters is once you're happy and content with all aspects of the job role, do your research on the company culture look at their socials, look at different websites such as Glassdoor and The Muse, try and find anything you can that is going to shape or form what that company is going to look like when you get there. Is this somewhere you could see yourself working? That's such an important message, isn't it? Because this is where you're going to work uh, and make for a number of years, potentially for a lot more than a number of years. And, and so that investment that you put in up front is really going to give you the best chance of one, making sure it's the right opportunity and company for you, and also to give you the best chance of landing that opportunity. So I think that's really great advice as well, Sophie. So thank you. Well, look, that brings us to the end uh, of this uh, webinar. So so many brilliant pieces of advice that have been shared I normally try and list quite a few of them but there have just been too many for this one so uh, you might need to listen to this podcast again there's so many great ones in there and certainly those closing comments from Hannah and from Sophie are absolutely on the mark um, I think in terms of what can really help so thank you to you Sophie and thank you to to Hannah there are lots more there are obviously a lot of uh, um, reimaginable podcasts i think we're up to nearly 90 uh, plus one else there's lots of podcasts if you want to find out more obviously look for the other podcasts and download them uh, and uh, enjoy them as well um, but otherwise thank you all very much for listening and uh, uh, good luck with your career going forward mm -hmm.